0: Welcome
1: to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin.
2: Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now that Mike Gillis go to the Pidgets, are they now just the farm club within their own division?
3: Greg. she's one of these faux leading women. It's like that's not Angelina Jolie but Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle Cat. That's kind of Alshon Jeffery.
4: And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why OJ Howard should be drafted before Cameron Great. Um, welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. Uh, my name is Ryan Skuller. We've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, before we get started, we want to again remind you. To please, go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever to give our show a rating. Uh, you can give a review if you want, but right now we're just looking for stars. I don't care if you give us a one star, a three star, five star. Like I said last week, we believe that we're at minimum a three and a half star quality podcast. So if you could give us at least three stars, that would be awesome. But I don't care. We'll take a one star at this point. We want give us your opinion on how we actually are doing. So want to throw that out there. Another quick reminder that we are still doing our um, Jersey giveaway. If you could um, go to uh, our uh, website, SkullKingFootball.com go to the store tab and you can download for free the uh, draft guide that we've created for you guys. Uh, You will have to uh, insert some quote-unquote billing information. Really all that is, that's just kind of a a generic thing for our store uh, that's run through PayPal uh, all we, the only thing we get from you is the fact that you downloaded it and we get your email address. That's it. So, uh, if you could, uh, if you could go ahead and go there every time you download the pod or every time, uh, when you download the, the draft guide, you get a, um, an entry into our, uh, uh, contest to win either a Jay Ajayi signed jersey, a Martavis Bryant signed jersey, or the third prize is just one of our t-shirts. So, we, we strove high for the, that third prize So, um, Alrighty, so tonight on the podcast We've got Justin, Greg, and Ian And we, for some reason Wanted to feel the necessity to point out That Ian doesn't have sideburns anymore Like he did last time he was on the show <laughs> And I'd also like to point out That he's actually wearing a shirt this time As well so. It's
3: a lot of big changes for Ian All in one show
4: Alright, so why don't we uh, Go ahead and get started, we'll just jump right into the news. So what we're going to do is we'll cover some news and notes. And then after that, we are going to get into um, kind of the guys that we love and the guys that we hate for this fantasy football season. So uh, let's jump right into the news. Last week, we talked about the all the Twitter love for Kenny Galladay and how he's the next Megatron, according to everyone on Twitter. Well, now it looks like there's a possible, um, a possible opening for him. With TJ or TJ Jones in the last preseason game having left with a hamstring injury, opening up the door for Galladay to take a whole lot of first-team reps in practice. Uh, Ian, being our wide receiver guru, um, what are you think? What are you seeing out of
1: Galladay this year? I think Galladay is uh, actually a pretty good receiver. I don't want to see he's great or he's going to be the next Megatron, but he also has a great quarterback behind him. That's what makes wide receivers special. Anybody can throw the ball up in the air, but Matthew Stafford can get the ball to him. So I see him being a very solid number one. Um, You've got a couple other receivers on the roster that are good, but what Galladay's shown is that he's... Got the talent. He's got the legs. He's got the hands. Give him a go. I think he's worth taking a shot. So is he? Is he one of those guys that
4: you're willing to you're willing to take that late round flyer on? Because right now he's he's currently. Uh, I have to look it up. Last time I checked, he was he practically still wasn't being drafted. He was maybe jumping up into that like thirteenth round range. Uh, right I
2: would.
1: Now he's at eleven. 10, and That's what I was gonna say is I would take him around probably 10 or 11. Because I'm covering my wide receivers in the first one to three rounds. And if he's still around at 10 or 11, I'm, t- I'm definitely taking him.
4: All right. All right. Uh, according to Matt Lombardo of New Jersey Advanced Media, he says it wouldn't be surprising if LeGarrette Blunt is among the Eagles' cuts. Um, there have been some rumors that he is having some issues keeping up, uh, a little bit out of shape. Um, to go along with that news, uh, it was also stated later later on, I want to say either uh, yesterday or the day before, that um, the coach of the Eagles says that he's not going anywhere, that LeGarrette Blount, they have a special role, they, that he's going to be a big part of the offense. Uh, Greg, do you see? I mean, do you think LeGarrette Blunt will actually get cut, or do you think that this is just a, you know, just a, a, a writer trying to get a story?
3: Well, if we look at LeGarrette Blunt's history on teams not called the Patriots, what seems to happen? He gets cut for this reason or that reason. He ends up back with the Patriots and awfully productive. So, I would say that it's completely within the realm of possibility uh, that that could happen here again. Um, I maybe he's a delicate flower I don't know what the deal is but he seems to be happiest in New England wouldn't be at all surprising to me if he was unhappy uh, you know, in, in Philadelphia so it's something that's worth watching uh, if, but ultimately I think he's better off in the Patriots system than he is in the New England system Yeah, you know, I, I mean the Patriots versus Philadelphia I'm sorry I just said the <laughs> same thing but you know what I'm saying
4: I know what you're saying um, yeah, I, I can agree with you there. I think that, uh, I think that he'll, he'll be there on the, I think he'll at least start out the season as their, as their yeah. short yardage or, or maybe even their first and second down back. They do have Sproles, who's mainly a pass catching guy. They've got Danielle Pumphrey, who again is more of that Darren Sproles type of role just because of his, his quickness and body size. Um, and then you've got Ryan Matthews, who everyone's expecting. has I don't even know if he's actually been officially cut yet.
3: Yeah, so, I, well, and you got Smallwood, who I think right now is being talked about as the, more or less the feature back. Correct. Right, so I, it's, it's awfully crowded for, for LeGarrette Blunt. His feelings might be a little hurt.
4: <laughs> um, moving on, let's see... Uh, Jordan Matthews after uh, suffering a, a, a chipped sternum um, caught has been ca- oh. <laughs> yeah, has been uh, catching passes during individual drills um, we'll see how he can recover yeah it was like his first or second practice he got lit up enough to you know crack sternum <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the bills.
3: We take seven and nine seriously.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Washington officially activated Jordan Reed off the PUP, which you know we'll see how long he stays off the injury report.
2: Yeah, he's the teeter-totter of his injury list. <laughs> uh,
4: let's see. All signs now point to Trevor Simeon being named the Broncos' starting quarterback. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, Paxton Lynch has been viewed pretty much as a project because he was coming out of Memphis. It's not a pro style system. He had problem. He was having problems with a five step drop, let alone a seven step drop. So, you know, I can see that, you know, he may take another couple years and, you know, Trevor Simeon was serviceable last year with the air quotes. Um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm I'm somewhat trying to avoid the uh, the, quarter, the wide receiver situation in um, Denver because of it.
3: Taking I would too. Jones. Simeon can't be any worse than Alex Smith. He, he's arguably better than Alex Smith within this you know the exact same division. I you're probably get the same performance. You he also has better receivers. True. True, but the performance is going to be the same. I think either way, when you look at it, neither one of them can throw the ball downfield. Either one of them can stretch a defense. Well, Both of them are game manager type quarterbacks. The difference,
4: the difference though between those two is that in in terms of fantasy production, Alex Smith gets a lot more rushing yards that that you don't you just don't right. figure he's going to get. He'll get. I mean, right. he'll finish a season with you know 400 rushing yards. You like how did in the world did he do that? So I think right. that's what separates him from Trevor Simeon.
1: Well, the Broncos quarterbacks are all, I mean, they're the JV quarterbacks. True. Because you don't have a varsity quarterback. So you have, you've got three quarterbacks that aren't built for an NFL system. And so you're just taking the best you can get. And if Trevor Simeon is that guy, then then great. But I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because you've got JV quarterbacks. Right? I mean, bring in Tebow, the guy that's playing outfield for the Mets. You know, it doesn't really matter. Pretty much, they're not that good.
4: All right, um, this one kind of hurts me because I took this guy in the uh, in the Scott Fishbowl. Blake Bortles has now been put behind Chad Henney in terms of the. Uh, in terms of the competition for the Jaguars' quarterbacks, the reason I took him in the Scott Fishbowl is it's a it's a super flex league where turnovers don't count against you. <laughs> and so and so in in that in that format, Blake Bortles the last two years has finished fifth and seventh in fantasy points. And so this year he's doing bad enough in camp that he looks like he's getting set most likely, and then it'll most likely be Chad Henning's job. Luckily, I took Deshaun Kaiser, who looks like now he is going to be the starter for the Browns. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Browns have officially started up trade talks, or at least making calls, to see if anyone is willing to take Brock Osweiler. What it really means is they're going to have to swallow his $16 million salary. At least they got a second-round pick out of it.
3: Right, I mean... Kaiser is the first player in Notre Dame history to come out with two years of eligibility left. He was considered the most draw of these quarterbacks, and he's the one who's most likely to be starting in week one. Because if you've looked at these games, I mean, Osweiler is appallingly bad. Uh, I mean, appallingly bad. And Kaiser, every time he's on the field, he's at least making something happen. He might not survive because a lot of it involves his legs and throwing his body around. True. At least he moves the chains and he gives, you know, Browns fans a reason to actually turn on the TV. Osweiler is
1: awful. I mean, he is, he's Mike Glennon bad. <laughs> yeah. When Osweiler uh, took over for Peyton Manning and he took that big contract uh, with the Texans, I was like, that's the best thing that he could do. Yep. Because he is not very good. Mm-hmm. And he took... $90 million? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd take it, too, because I'm not a very good quarterback, but I'm getting calls, too, to be the Browns quarterback.
4: <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. DeAndre Hopkins has not practiced since August 9th because of a hand injury. Um, how confident are, are any of you guys? We'll start with Justin on this one. How confident are you taking DeAndre Hopkins... With either Savage or Watson as the quarterback in Houston.
2: Well, I'm glad you tuned to me because it was a coin toss—a coin toss between Hopkins and the other person for my—not a chance on my roster. And Hopkins <laughs> uh, was the the one that I guess won out, but is still not on my roster. And so uh, we'll talk about the other one later. But in terms of Hopkins, I think everyone still reminds themselves, we're still remembering what he did in 2015, and he's remembering that too much and thinks that just because Osweiler is no longer his quarterback that he'll return to form in 2015, and that he'll be the number four, number five wide receiver value, But I just don't see it. Even with Tom Savage as his quarterback in the last five games of the season last year, he's still only got one touchdown. He's he's getting more targets, there's more consistent passer to him, but I still just don't see it. And if he's not practicing right now, even building more chemistry, I don't know. Because even in 2015, he got all those targets because Houston was playing so far behind so often they had to throw the rock all the time. Their defense will be improved, they'll be running the ball, with more efficiency, which all leads to less targets. I just don't see it, not at his draft value. You
4: guys got to any- Greg, Ian, or
3: I, I don't have. I wouldn't take DeAndre very high with the with Savage as the quarterback because I think his his entire value will be re- realized when Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. Um, Watson's ability to make plays with his legs are going to open things up for Hopkins, and that's where the long ball production is going to come from. Um, until then, you're dealing with another subpar quarterback who can't really utilize Hopkins' talents, which is getting deep downfield and making plays. Uh, Watson's the only guy who's going to make that happen. What week that happens is going to is when Hopkins' value is going to materialize. But to start the season, you can't possibly draft him as, as a one or a two because you're
1: losing several weeks of production with a subpar quarterback. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, expand on what Greg said. Um, at the end of the day, you don't know what you're getting out of your quarterback. So that's, that's tough. And, you know, the other thing is with a rookie quarterback and with Tom Savage, you have these guys that you're, you're just not sure about the production. So, um, you know, I think DeAndre Hopkins has been overrated because of the one good year that he had give him that one good year and all of a sudden like I think last year he was ranked like in the top 10 in fantasy rankings for points Yeah, he Uh, he had one good year and the rest of the years he was okay and I think people are putting too much stock into him especially now with with these two quarterbacks that they're trying to figure out what the hell they're doing uh Probably a good idea to draft him in the, you know, third or fourth, third or fourth. round. Yeah. That would be my – if it was me, I would take him in the fourth.
4: Okay. All right.
1: Uh, let's move on. Cam Newton is
4: now throwing in team drills. Um, looks like he's actually going to make the start tomorrow night um, in the in his first preseason game. Um Saints coach uh, Sean Payton said that Willie Snead played into the fourth quarter uh, last Sunday because he wanted to get the receiver more reps after missing some practice with uh, an injury in camp. I'm really high on Willie Snead this year um, with going in, you know, just with the loss of Brandon Cooks. Ted Ginn will get targets, but he's not going to take up all 120 of those, tar- of those vacated targets. Um so I, I really like Willie Sneed to move from 102 to about 125 targets this year. Thomas to move from 122 to about 135, 140. And if you take Willie Sneed, what was it looking at it, if you take Willie Sneed's um, yards per catch that he had last year, I want to say it was 12.4 yards per catch. Correct. And just add and just add, was it another 25 targets because of his catch percentage? If you, yeah, I want to say um, he ended, would have ended up as the number twenty-four wide receiver last year in in uh, PPR leagues. So that right there, I think that he. I mean, even if he only performs as low as you know at his at his you know lower yards per catch, only scores one more touchdown, only scores five instead of four. You know, he still that could put him at you know last year's number twenty-four. So I, I like him where he's being drafted, like, around number 30-35. Um, I see a lot of upside out of him. So uh, Let's see. Yep, Philly's voice, uh, Jimmy Kempinski, suggests Wendell Smallwood could win the Eagles starting running back job. We talked about that a little bit. NFL Network's James Palmer suggests Jamal Charles' performance in the Broncos' third preseason game could determine whether the whether Charles actually even makes the team. I have not seen. Uh, this will be his first. Will this be his first action in the preseason in an actual yeah. game so far? To my knowledge, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so this will this will be interesting. I wonder how much time they're actually going to give him after you know recovering from all the knee stuff.
1: If I can give the listeners some uh, knowledge, don't draft Jamal Charles whatsoever. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he will be broken very quickly.
4: We you know we usually try to go with that with that strategy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, come on. computer. Uh, John Brown, after having the quad injuries, finally returning back to Cardinals practice. I still don't see John Brown as a viable fantasy wide receiver unless something happens to the guys in front of him, because he can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, the Eagles acquired Seattle's 2018. Fifth round pick in exchange for tackle Matt Tobin and a 2018 seventh round pick. So uh, after George Fant tore his ACL in the uh, in the game this past weekend, where I believe it was our our just re-signed center who rolled up on the back of his leg to tear his to, to tear his ACL, um, we get a, a back basically a backup tackle <laughs> for a backup tackle that we already had. So
1: you mean for the uh, tight end? I was going to say for the uh, the power forward that you had playing. Uh, yeah,
4: for, yeah, for the power forward converted to a fourth converted converted to a third round tight end, who forced Lamp, who's now out with it with who's now out with a, a torn ACL, yeah, in in night-night. for the Chargers. Yeah, who who he worked with Lamp or worked with Fant to turn him into a tackle, and yeah, so now they're both out with ACLs this year. Um, oh yeah, so here we go, back to, uh, back to, uh, Laguerre Blunt, he's actually dealt with weight issues, and has disappointed in practice, so that's why, you know, some people think that he's, could has be the same guy be. since
3: he was drafted.
4: <laughs> Worst <laughs> for Bill
1: Belichick. <laughs> um, let's see, moving on, moving on, moving on. As a Boston guy, I take offense to that. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Talcott. Um... Let's see, uh... I take
2: offense if you're a Boston guy moving to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, you wait till I get to New York. Yeah, no ma. <laughs> no ma. All right, uh... What, okay, what...
4: I don't know how much you guys have heard about uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, with, with his injury, it looks like it's a sprained ankle, uh, whether or not he's actually going to be able to even play in the first game. Um... Brandon Marshall also went in for x-rays on his shoulder, but it looks like he's going to be fine and should no, should be no problem for the first game. Um, is this something that we're worried about with Odell that could possibly linger
1: into the season? Does no. This... Okay. No. Um, sprained ankles are... They happen all the time. You know, you roll an ankle, that's fine. I mean, at worst, you miss a game. So... I mean... Julio Jones. <laughs> <In the> <laughs> Julio <laughs> Jones. Um, no, I don't see this as a problem. Um, I would still draft Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, in the first round with whatever pick I had. Right. So, um, no, I don't see it as a problem. If he misses a game, what's missing the first game? Yeah. Not a big deal. So, uh, he's going to be fine, and he's going to perform like he has... He's going to have, like, 1,400 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns like he always does. So, you know, if you miss one game, no big deal. Draft him anyway.
4: All right. Moving on. Um, here's something interesting, just with all the – everything that's been going on in Baltimore. The Baltimore Suns' Jeff Zerbiek believes that Buck Allen has been the Ravens' most effective back. Buck Allen, really? I mean that that backfield is just turning into a joke. Yeah. I it's mean, that, I, Woodhead's injured. Danny. Yeah, well, Danny Woodhead has been ha- dealing with hamstring issues, and he's not going to play. They're basically going to shut him down for the rest of preseason so that he can be ready for Week One.
3: But let's look at the root, the root complement, which is most effective, <laughs> not best, not stood out, most effective, and not exceptional, not yeah. always effective. Compared to everybody else, he's more effective than they are. Meaning, <laughs> Buck Allen does, in fact, suck. <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> right. uh, His name's Buck Allen. All right. A great name. <laughs> yeah, <for> porn. before. <laughs>
4: <Steelers. laughs>
1: I'm Buck Allen. I'm here to play run back.
4: All right, here we go. Steelers.com's Bob uh, LeBron, whoever, uh, believes that tight end Jesse James is a locked-in starter. That's, uh, you know, not news. Um, Bill's coach Sean McDermott said Jordan Matthews Is expected to be ready for week one Uh, The Cincinnati inquirers Paul Daner Jr. expects Number nine overall pick John Ross to have a Limited role early in the season That's somewhat expected with some of the hamstring issues That he's been dealing with um, Getting him into the system I think Brandon LaFell um, Will still play the, the quote unquote Deep shot You know Drop you know, drop the ball all the time type of guy with um, Green basically being the main target at all there. So um, the uh, to go along with let's keep uh, in the in that same group there. The Cincinnati Enquirer's Paul Danner Jr. also expects sophomore Tyler Boyd to the, to be the Bengals' second most productive wide receiver. To be completely honest, I was somewhat disappointed with how. Um, Boyd played last year, um, considering that his only competition for number two snaps was Brandon LaFell, and he couldn't even beat LaFell. Um, yeah, he was—you know—he was a rookie last year, played a lot in the slot though. So we'll see how it goes this year. I think that, um, you know, I'd have to sit and wait. I'm not going to draft him this year. Uh, I think that really the only wide receiver worth actually taking is AJ Green in that group so
3: it's green and Eifert for it and
4: anything else is
3: scraps, so it's not right. worth bothering with.
1: No. All right. Take them in the last round. <laughs> if they're available. Texas, why not?
4: Yeah. Texans coach Bill O'Brien said Tom Savage is quote our starter. That we already knew. Um we'll see how long that lasts. Uh See, okay, so here's Colts coach Chuck Pagano said there's still no, quote, timeline for Andrew Luck's return because of his shoulder. Um, I don't know if you actually saw in our draft guide, I have dropped him down to quarterback, like, 13 at this point, simply because we know nothing about when he's actually going to come back. So
1: We didn't know anything about his shoulder the first time we found out. True. So... God knows what, what's going on right now.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, let's see.
4: I think we've only got a couple more things. Ty Montgomery with his leg issues has returned to practice. Mike Gillisley finally has returned as a full participant to practice after missing,
1: what, like two weeks? Who? Mike Gillisley. No, it, it was uh, an analogy. <laughs> All
4: right, moving on. Um, CJ ProSi suffered a strain groin in pregame warm-ups ahead of the second preseason game. This guy just can't stay healthy. Um, you know, everyone expects him to, you know, possibly be the uh, um, the next, you know, the the big thing in Seattle, the most productive back in terms of fantasy. And he seems to be the next Christian Michael, it seems like, in my opinion.
3: Which is not a good reputation for those keeping score.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Um, Le'Veon Bell will officially return on September 1st to the team um, after basically it looks like he, he'll play under the one year contract. This would be a great year, I think, to have Bell play on that contract year again. Make sure to, you know, if you, if you feel so inclined to take Bell, to, you know, possibly take James Conner towards the end of your draft as a backup, just in case. Um, and it looks like that's about it. Oh, Charles Sims uh, is going to be the passing game at third down back this season for the Buccaneers. Last year, he disappointed big time simply because he couldn't be the lead, he couldn't be the lead guy when Doug Martin went out with his injuries. Which I think he's you know Sims is more built for that third down role. Uh, he finished I want to say in 2015 as. Uh, running back number 25 26 in PPR because of his, his patch catching ability. So um, I think he'd be a good, you know, kind of late round PPR flex type of guy. So um, I think that's about. Oh, uh, the Florida Times Union Ryan O'Halloran guesses that the Jaguars are shopping Alan Hearns on the trade block. I haven't actually heard much about or from Alan Hearns all. Camp, it's basically been Allen Robinson and Dede Westbrook, to be completely honest, um, with a little bit of Marquise Lee in there. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's a possibility that they're move, maybe moving on to him. So. so he's going to the Bills? <laughs> <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> um, and oh, I, and then Jordan
2: Matthews will retire.
4: Yeah, there <laughs> we go. Yeah, since Anquan Bolden retired after, what was it, 11 days with the team?
1: <laughs> Something like that, yeah.
4: Well didn't he retire like the day after it's they trade <laughs> I think he retired like the day after they traded away Sammy Watkins or something like that. Is that what yeah. it was? He went to Buffalo and saw the snow and was like,
1: screw this.
4: Screw <laughs> this, I'm done. Alright, so that's it for that's it for uh, for Sleeperbot. Uh, let me pull up my rankings here. Alright, so before we go into a kind of a, our our guys section, I wanted to do a quick shout out for the main sponsor of our podcast, um, Vox DFS Firelines. They are getting ready, prepping for the uh, NFL season. Uh, make sure to check them out at voxvoksdfs.com, um, where I believe Brad is still doing this for us. For anyone, well, no, we're not going to go that way, uh, Brett. For anyone that goes over there from us. Um, Brad, uh, Brad uh, will make sure that you guys are well taken care of in terms of making sure that you have your DFS lines in order, giving cons- uh, uh, great consulting for your DFS lines. They do have some uh, line providers for you guys as well, um, and they have a new guy on their staff that uh, has uh, really done well in DFS, and I believe has actually been in a couple of a uh, couple of uh, national finals for DFS. So. Uh, in the NFL, so uh, make sure to go over to uh, VoxDFS.com. Um, let them know that the guys from Skull King sent you over there. So, all right, so let's go ahead and get into our who we like and who we don't like. So, let's go ahead and start. Why don't we start with the quarterbacks? Um, just start from the top, and let's go with uh, the guys that we like. And we'll start with uh, start with Ian. Who who's the quarterback that you are targeting in all your drafts this year?
1: Tom Brady, in a heartbeat. Tom Easy. Brady, yeah, right. Tom Brady had two interceptions during the regular season. Granted, he played twelve games or eleven games. However, two interceptions really? I'll take that over the regular season any day of any quarterback. If you would, if you do the math, that's maybe four interceptions over the course of an entire season. I'll take it. All
4: right. Greg? I know well, he probably norm- took yours.
3: Normally, normally I, I would go with Tom. I think this year he's, he's looking at probably leading the league in touchdown passes at least. Probably not yardage, but at least touchdowns. Uh, but going deeper, uh, I'd probably go this year with Marcus Mariota. I think the addition of weapons and Tennessee has put into the passing game. You look at what Mariota was doing last year in his second year, you know, relative to, say, Jameis Winston, a much bigger step forward, I would say, touchdown and to interception ratio. Now you add a Decker as well as talented. You know, the, the rookies with, what, Corey Davis and, and uh, Taiwan uh, Taylor. I think you look at, you know, a, a lot more, you know, th- certainly 30 touchdown potential, I think, uh, sub-10 interceptions. And probably not, you know, maybe scratching four thousand yards because they're a run-heavy team. But I think Mariota finishes the season as a top ten quarterback in fantasy. All right, Justin, who you
4: got?
2: Did go up a little this last year, uh, but with Deshaun Jackson now as a serious deep threat, and the size of Mike Evans anywhere on the field, and the consistency of the break breaks, the chemistry that they have on passes where he needs a first down. I think these all spell some good things for Jameis Winston in the coming year, where the running backs.
4: Alright, well, for me, uh, being a guy who tends to wait on quarterbacks, I mean, yeah, I would love to have, in one league I will probably be going after Tom Brady, but that's also because it's, you know, I get half a point per completion in that league. So, um, in those type of leagues I go quarterback heavy. In just regular standard, in terms of of, uh, quarterbacks, regular scoring, I'm probably going back to the well from last year and hitting up Matthew Stafford again. Um, You have Amir Abdullah back as the running back if Amir Abdullah can't stay healthy your only other really running backs that you have left in terms of actually being able to run the ball are Zach Zenner who's been inconsistent and uh, was it Washington who can't stay healthy so then you're still stuck with Matthew Stafford in an air system throwing the ball all over the place to Theo Riddick, Golden Tate who's gonna you know pull down another 90 catches this year and over 1100 yards um, you've Somebody's got, wife. <laughs> you've got <laughs> you've got Marvin you've got Marvin Jones who has he's shown a lot a lot who Marvin Jones really worked on his craft this last year. I don't know how that's going to actually spell out on the field um, after working with Randy Moss all off season. But if he can even put together half of what he did in the first four games last year and just do that for an entire season, it'll make it'll he'll make him extremely productive. And I think that'll really help out Matthew Stafford. And then, plus, you've got you know the addition. You know, if you've got Eric Ebron who can actually get in the end zone, uh, you've got uh, Kenny Galladay who's showing big things this year, and then you've also got uh, the addition of uh, the new tight end they just drafted, uh, Michael Roberts, who is an absolute monster in the red zone as well. So, for me, I'm willing to go to punt a little bit on on quarterback and take someone like Matthew Stafford, who I think could throw for 4,600 yards. Um, and the one thing that killed him last year is he sprained his middle finger on his throwing hand last year and still played through it. Before that, his efficiency was off the charts. It was that, it, that, that injury that really knocked him down last year. And he still finished as the quarterback number 11. So. All right. Okay. Ian, quarterback you are absolutely avoiding. Bortles.
1: <laughs> I will not draft Blake Bortles <laughs> for any reason whatsoever. Okay, like, is there anyone higher up the list that you would avoid? Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> technically,
3: need- Cutler is higher up
1: the list. <laughs> I know technically, He's yes. Up the list. Um, let's see if there's anybody qualified to play quarterback <laughs> that I would not draft. Um, you know, I have a hard time with Aaron Rodgers. And I know that's a odd pick.
4: Not necessarily.
1: And the reason is, um, Jordy Nelson is 32 with a torn ACL, or recovering. Um, the wide receiver core isn't great. Uh, he has Martellus Bennett as his tight end, who... Can be a good tight end, but isn't hasn't been necessarily a great tight end. So uh, I'm I'm sitting out Aaron Rodgers.
4: All right,
3: Greg. Uh, my will touch isn't going to go well with a couple of you guys. Um, that's Russell Wilson. Um, I think for where. I don't see him as you know, from a fantasy standpoint, putting up the numbers that are necessary to to be worth drafting. I think he's a stream-worthy quarterback, but I can't see I can't see drafting him uh, where he goes. I think he's somewhere around that 25-year, 25 25-passing 25, uh, touchdown year guy. Not what we saw a couple years ago, um, and I think ultimately when you look at that offense, the running game, which Loaded with injuries and and really no consistent answer there. And that was their identity when when Lynch was there. And um, the weapons in the passing game really aren't all that. I I think the offense is relatively pathetic, to be honest. Uh, So I can't see him being a top week-in, week-out fantasy starter versus where his draft value is. You can find better value much lower than him. Cam Newton, who we have, eight spaces later... I can virtually guarantee you is going to finish
4: higher this year. All right. Well, Justin just fell off the face of the earth. You still there, he buddy. He was abducted by yeah, you. Yeah,
2: I'm still here. I'm still here. All
4: right, you're muted. Your turn. And you turn off your camera uh, too.
2: The uh, who I'm uh, looking to. This is who we're looking to avoid. Avoid. That leaves that shelf open behind the linebackers, which is just absolutely pivotal to throw to Olsen and his other receivers. His receiving port is a little bit of a hit. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Devin Punches. Uh, Devin Benjamin uh, is an offensive lineman, uh, and so I'm not really looking for a whole lot of receiver help for him. So if he's going to be stuck...
4: And I believe uh, my avoid, uh, for me, I keep going back and forth. I mean, for me, it's Andrew Luck, to be completely honest. I'm going to avoid him just because we still don't know anything about his shoulder. Again, there's no timeline. Um, I'm willing to take a guy that I am pretty sure, you know, can can make it through a season. Um, you know, and again, injuries happen, and there's no, you know, predicting when injuries are going to happen. Um, but I, you know... I like the durability of Matthew Stafford. I, you know, Andrew Luck's offensive line has allowed him to get the crap beat out of him the last few years. And so for that reason, I'm avoiding Andrew Luck. So, all right, moving on next running back, running back. You like Greg, who are you targeting?
3: So running back that I would be targeting would be one Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I was high on him coming into the draft. I think what I've seen speed-wise from him in the off-season is impressive. I think that he's a guy that you look at that can realistically have 70 receptions, uh, 1,500 yards easily from scrimmage and, and touchdowns. Uh, I think his potential in that offense, because partially of what Justin says, you know, Carolina wants to keep him in the pocket, that's the luxury you can afford now with a guy who's that big of a weapon operating in that open space just outside of the pocket. So uh, if, if that is indeed the case, I think McCaffrey ends up being a huge weapon this year and is, is certainly a guy who's going to contend for
1: rookie of the year.
4: All right, Ian, who's the running back you're targeting?
1: Uh, David Johnson. Uh, <laughs> honestly, McCaffrey is number one, but uh, I'm going to go with David Johnson as number two. And the reason is, David Johnson, uh, he works with the quarterback, who's 900 years old, and can't move, so he can catch passes, he can run the ball. He looks like Barry Sanders when he moves. So I'm taking David Johnson if I if I've got the you know one of the top five picks taking dave, dave johnson he can catch passes he can move he can run he's gonna have 1400 yards from scrimmage he's gonna have a four or five hundred yards uh receiving uh, easy money
4: all right justin who's the who's the running back that you're uh, you're looking at this year
2: <laughs> I also think he's going to have, they're looking to push him up to 1,000 yards, which is very, very possible if Jerron yeah. Brown is the number two receiver. <laughs> and so they're going to look to add him a little bit more in the passing game. Uh, but to go back to my pick, uh, I just changed it. I, I went with Danny Woodhead because he's a PPR monster, and realistically he could lead the, the Ravens in receptions this year. Ability to use the ability uh, to use the running back in the passing game. But I'm actually going to go uh, with Brown's running back, Isaiah Crowell. There's a couple of reasons. They made some additions to the offensive line. Deshaun Kaiser, who's an inconsistent rookie quarterback, is looking to be the starter, so they're going to look to rely on the running game a little bit more. Even with Duke Johnson's pass-catching ability, there's been a lot of talk about moving him over to a spot receiver. Isaiah Crowell can catch the ball out of backfield and looks to make a huge leap forward. And currently, is going around three, and I see him as a top running back. So I would go and target Isaiah Crowell on the tracks.
4: All right. Just a second. Let me turn off this dingin. There we go. All right.
3: If I could make one little comment, I would I would amend Justin's statement from saying. um Joe Flacco's ability to utilize the running backs as much as it is his inability to utilize wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> and just throw it to the closest possible guy. Right. But either way, it's the same end result. I just Joe Flacco deserves no credit for like doing something properly.
2: Why do you think Pitt was of value
1: last year?
3: He <laughs> was the second closest target. Help me! Help! Help! The ball. It's like when you used to watch Mark Jackson play with Patrick Ewing in the NBA. He'd be like, "Ewing, Ewing," and just like frantically like throwing the ball. He's like, just <laughs> throw uh,
1: the it, ball up in the air." Well, there you right, go.
4: Exactly. All right. So, so my my running back that I'm targeting in all my in all my leagues. Again, it's more because I am a I am a wide receiver first guy, and I love I love trying to find the. Um, the guys that are going to come out of nowhere. My running back that I'm targeting in all my drafts is Kareem Hunt because I really do think that he is going to take over um, Spencer Ware's position in Kansas City. Um, he has been getting first-team reps since camp started. Um, has played really well in the preseason. Has already taken over Charcandrick West's pass-catching um, role, um, and can and does not have the fumbling issues that Spencer Ware showed last year. I believe Spencer Ware had lost three fumbles. Um, was it three?
1: Yeah.
4: Ha, ah, nice. Um, you know, So lost three fumbles. Uh, Kareem Hunt lost one fumble, or had one fumble his entire college career, and he recovered it. And in that game, it was like a snowball, which is the only fumble that he had. So um, Kareem Hunt knows how to take care of the ball. I think that By week four or five, he will be the starter, and he's been my my pick basically all season to be this year's Jordan Howard. So, Um, okay, so who's the running backs that uh, no one is going to touch? Justin, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I'm going to piggyback right off the statement you just made. The the one, there's not a chance on my roster is mentioned (laughs) there. A lot of the same reasons that you said. where was the starter last year. He only made it to from the ground three times, about the ball twice, so a total of five touchdowns last year. He was used, but there he wasn't the flashy pick. Uh, in addition, I think he was used because Jartandrick West just fell off the face of the earth. He was the guy they had to use because they had no one else. This year, they have someone else in Green Hunt, and Jartandrick West has fixed his issues last preseason game is really, really good. Uh, The other one I'll touch on really quickly is Blount, uh, and that's because for the Patriots he was in the I formation more than any other running back in the league, and the Eagles don't even have a fullback, so he doesn't have the extra blocker, too fat, too slow, will
1: not score points. Alright, Ian. I'm staying away from Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott.
4: Um, Finally, someone says it.
1: As good as he is, I'm not going to put a draft pick on six games gone. Not doing it. So, uh, Zeke can sit. Somebody else can take him.
4: Yep. And actually, it's technically seven weeks because you got a bye week in there as well. Right. So you're missing seven weeks. So you're missing half of your of your regular season in fantasy
1: yeah, and I'm I, not taking him. Nope. I'm just not doing it. Like, I would rather take a, uh, you know, take a shot at somebody that's going to maybe be productive than somebody that's going to not give me an entire season. I'm not doing it. So, all um, right, Zeke. All
4: right. Uh, Greg, who's who's your running back? You are not going to uh, not going to touch.
3: Um, for me, it's Melvin Gordon. I think if you look at where he's going in drafts, if you look at where he's ranked um, among running backs, I think he's incredibly overvalued. Uh, if you look at last year, he had you know, he only played thirteen games, but he had seventy more rushing attempts. He had sub four yards a carry, less than a thousand yards. Uh, he had uh, what twenty more targets in the passing game. You know was was an adequate receiver but overall you're looking at the guys producing 1,400 yards um, and I personally when you see what was already a questionable offensive line what they they spent on four slam for um, in the draft to try to help solidify that and that's gone um, you know I think that ultimately hurts Gordon. I don't think he becomes a four and a half yard a carry guy this season. If he's not a four and a half yard carry guy, he's more of a running back two than he is a running
4: back one, and he's being drafted as a number one. All right. And my my running back that I am avoiding is Carlos Hyde. Now, we've you know, we know the injury issues that Carlos Hyde has had. Um for me, it's the fact that he, you know, partially that, and the fact that he is not a system fit for a Kyle Shanahan runoff. Uh, Carlos Hyde is more of a gap runner, um, you know, you know what you learn in you know in junior you know in junior high, you know the, the full you know the thirty five running back runs through the five hole That's sort of that's Carlos Hyde right there. In terms of the Kyle Shanahan offense, he runs more of a more of a, a, a zone blocking scheme. Wait for the holes to develop and then go through, and that's not Carlos Hyde's strength. He doesn't you know he needs a few yards to really get going. Um, He's not a, a start and stop kind of a guy. He's a get his, you know, get the momentum going, maybe make one cut and then he's off. Both people over. And I just don't see him having a whole lot of success in that zone blocking scheme personally. So so Carlos Hyde is my guy that a lot of people always seem to draft early or draft a lot higher than I'm willing to take him. And so I I avoid him like the play. So all right, let's move on to our wide receivers. Uh, the guys that we are targeting for every team. Let's uh, start with Greg this time. Alright.
3: For me, wide receiver, what I've I've been talking about consistently all offseason for me is Terrell Pryor. Uh, I think he's going to finish as a top 10 wide receiver, but he's ultimately going to be drafted as a 2. But I absolutely love him. I mean, if you look at mustering a 1,000 yards as a receiver in Cleveland's offense last year. And you pair him with Kirk Cousins, who's, who's going to threaten 5,000 yards this season, in a contract year again, I think he's a 1,400-yard receiver, a 90-reception guy, and pushing 10 touchdowns. So, ultimately, if you get him as your number two, I think you're golden because you get number one production. But I absolutely love him this year.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm, b- I'm big on Terrell Pryor this year as well. So, And let's not forget, he missed... He missed one of those games as a wide receiver because he was the quarterback for one of those games. So, uh, alright, uh, Justin, who's the wide receiver that you are targeting in all your drafts?
2: his ADP is at 8-10, I can get him late, and I can get a number one receiver who's going to be the number one red zone target with a more consistent quarterback play, because last year he dealt with three different quarterbacks, and he didn't even start at the beginning of the season, yet he was one of the most productive receivers toward the end of last season for, for fantasy in general.
1: All right, uh, Ian. Who's your who's your guy you're targeting? Sydney Watkins. Uh, with the Rams, especially with the Rams. Uh, the Rams have no wide receivers whatsoever. Cooper Cup. They've got Tavon Austin. Yay, the most overrated wide receiver ever. The, so.
4: the extremely extremely poor man's Percy Harvin.
1: Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, I see Sammy Watkins getting 1,400, 1,500 yards uh, with the Rams. I I don't think the quarterback matters. I think I could play quarterback for the Rams and just huck the ball up in the middle of the air, and he'll go get it because he's got the hands, he's got the speed. So, um, I'm targeting Sammy Watkins. All right. Uh, For
4: me... It's really it's between two guys and, and I had them number twenty five and twenty six in our in our ranking. Well, that's for standard. Let me go to let me go to the P Twenty six and twenty two. So um, we already talked about Willie Sneed and and my love for Willie Sneed right now and how I'm looking at him. Um, and we talked about what his stats uh, could possibly provide uh, this year, just with an increase in targets with uh, with Brandon Cooks gone but I think I'm going to go with Tyrell Williams. He is the deep threat in San Diego now. Um, you have Allen back. Um, but who knows if Allen can stay healthy. You know, and I bring this up all the time just because his injuries haven't necessarily been, you know, straight up football related in terms of, you know, he's had the ACL, the year before was the lacerated kidney, which yeah, that's not necessarily a typical football injury. But for me, that's that's a body that Got rocked, and you know maybe it's you know, and the year before he had a shoulder injury, so perhaps it's just his body can't withstand the punishment, and so I look for I'm guessing Allen's probably going to miss some time. Uh, Tyrell Williams Williams is already the number two wide receiver with Mike Williams out until at least October, and so uh, with his uh, with with Tyrell playing last year, I want to say. Uh, We went over this in the preseason. He was in the top two or three in terms of yards after catch last year, Um, and had you know, in 69 catches, was able to produce as many, uh, uh, just about as many yards as Demarius Thomas last year. So, um, I am targeting Tyrell Williams uh, because you again, he's another guy that you can get later in drafts. So, all right, wide receiver, you are avoiding Justin.
2: was with the Saints in terms of targets to receivers. So this year, Brandon Cooks will get way less targets, and I think that leads to less production. Yes, he'll be on a more effective offense, may get some more touchdown potential, but in the end zone, they're going to throw to Gronk with larger targets than Brandon Cooks. So I don't see
1: Ian, who's the wide receiver you're avoiding? Alshon Jeffrey. Man, we're all on that page, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not going to draft him for any reason whatsoever. Um, The quarterback, Carson Wentz, is uh, he's good, but he's a kid. Uh, Alshon also injured all the time, so you know, as good as he is, he's what six five? He's got arms for days, and he just—he's not gonna—he's not gonna produce in Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, as much as I like him, and I do like him, I liked him when he had Cutler as quarterback. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> um, he was, but. Um, I don't think that he produces in Philadelphia.
4: Well, that's a pretty much consensus around around the around the entire scouting organization. So <laughs> that's because Alshon
2: sure. Jeffrey did well when he was the
3: decoy from a legitimate number one receiver <laughs> like Frank Marshall. Right. And exactly. That's not going to be brought by to towards school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like
4: when the girl that's a seven brings a five to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. Greg.
3: Who's, who's your uh, wide receiver you're avoiding? Well, I think if we're going with the, the concerns about Andrew Luck, then it has to extend to T.Y. Hilton because just the backup quarterback situation in, in Indianapolis is dreadful. So you can't treat T.Y. Hilton as a legitimate number one when you look at the guys coming after him as better options. Um, you know, Amari Cooper's a better option. Terrell Pryor is a far better option. So uh, I would not take T.Y. Hilton as, as, um, as an elite wide receiver given the concerns about Andrew Luck. Uh, but I will say about Brandon Cooks and about uh, Tom Brady. I will say this as a word of caution: there is exactly one time, and only one time, that Tom Brady has played with a legitimate downfield threat, and that was Randy Moss. Randy Moss had no problem putting up numbers. Now Brandon Cooks is not Randy Moss, but the surrounding, the, the surrounding <laughs> cast, the surrounding cast, and the concept is still the same. So the offensive capability is still there. So even if he put up you know, let's play the seventy percent of Randy Moss game. Those are fat, fat numbers um, for a wide receiver. That's I, I think Brandon. I wouldn't take Brandon Cooks as my number one, but if he's your number two, I think you got to like him a lot better in this system than what I had him in last year, which was as a number one in New Orleans. I think he's better off in New England.
4: All right, my my avoid. Is Devonte Adams of Green Bay, simply because 12 touchdowns for a number two receiver, I don't believe is sustainable. Even with Rod- even with Rogers throwing the ball, um, he finished with 997 yards last year, um, 12 touchdowns. I mean, he really came into his own. Let's be he, let's be honest. He came into his own last year after the year before being expected to try to take on that deep ball route or that deep ball route type of um, type of uh, player with uh, Jordy Nelson out with the ACL. And he really struggled with that. I think that he can be productive again, but in terms of 1,000 yards and 12 TDs, I see him more along the lines of 808, which puts him more as a you know wide receiver three type of guy. I'm not willing to take him. as I mean, if he falls, fine. But in terms of where he's going right now as wide receiver 20, I can't do it. So, I see the regression there. So, Alright, last position. We're going to tight ends. Uh, here, how would I start this time? Um, in terms of tight ends, the tight end I am going after and targeting in all my drafts. Should I take Justin's? Because I think I might be taking Justin's. Um, Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go. I am, I'm going with Cameron Brait. And here's why and here's why. Again, OJ, OJ Howard is still being taken around in front of Cameron Braight. When Cameron Brait is still the security blanket for Jameis Winston. In practices, he trusts Cam, in, in practices. Winston trusts Braight to actually be in the correct position on pass plays. He doesn't even trust Evans that much in terms of in terms of being where he needs to be. Uh Cameron Brate is just last season was the number six overall tight end in in fantasy. I don't see that connection getting any worse. They brought in OJ Howard, um, I believe, to possibly be the tight end of the future and maybe move on from Brait eventually. But for right now, he's got the connection with Winston. He, I still think that he will be a number ten, uh, a top ten wide, uh, or top ten tight end. And right now, he's getting drafted as tight end number nineteen. So. I'm more than happy to take him with my last pick in the draft because no one else will. So, uh, Greg, your tight end that you are uh, that you are targeting. Um, for me, I think
3: uh, as much as I hate to do it, I have to take a Packer here. You have to go with Martellus Bennett. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I don't think that. <clears throat> If I look at Rodgers' career, it's hard to argue that he's had a bigger red zone threat than what Martellus Bennett at at least represents. And as such, he's a guy who could have one of those ridiculous tight end seasons, and that's the 10 to 15 touchdown range. So I think he's about an 800-yard guy. Um, He's going to get a lot of chain-moving possessions. uh, But you have to expect double-figure touchdowns. He's looking at probably four at least against the Bears in two games alone. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. You're looking at anywhere to th- from three to five in that in that game in that those two games alone. How many times are they going to be in the red zone, and how many times are they going to try to get him to score against guys he knows he can dominate? There's a lot of guys on that defense he can dominate. That's three to five touchdowns right there.
4: Man, I, I can't believe that you would that you would you you, you know you would degrade your Michael Finley and Mark Chamorro like that. Huh.
3: <laughs> Yeah, no, Shemur is great is great in a hot tub party if you're 17 years old. But the point is, if you're looking for talented tight ends, you might to look at Martellus Bennett.
4: All right,
1: uh, so Ian, did we already go over yours? No. All right. Uh, well, my number one was Martellus Bennett uh,
0: in Green
1: Zing. All right. <laughs> uh, but my number two is Dwayne Allen in New England. Already, uh, Belichick likes to run two tight ends, and Gronk likes to be hurt all the time. <laughs> this is true. So, if Gronk gets hurt, Dwayne Allen is a great backup, and he has the greatest quarterback of all time throwing to him. So, I mean, at the very least. 800 yards, eight touchdowns.
4: All righty. All right, so who are the tight ends that we are all avoiding? Let's. Hang on. I didn't tell you who I who I'm Oh, that's right. We're skipping. Well, whatever. Okay, Justin's fine. Skip Justin. Justin. Skip my own brother.
2: Touchdowns. Already in the preseason, they're targeting him more in the red zone. They're going to be doing that more with Russell Wilson healthy. They will be more productive. I see Jimmy Graham's upside being the number one tight end in fantasy football with them targeting more in the end zone and, and getting more touchdowns. It'll be about the same in terms of yards. The Seattle wants to be a little bit more uh, equally spread out between the pass and the run. But I wouldn't sleep on Jimmy Graham right now.
4: All right. Okay, so now, uh, the guys that you are avoiding in terms of tight ends. Let's uh, start off with Ian. Gronk. (laughs) This coming from the Pats fan.
1: Yeah, he's broken. He's literally broken everything. I am not drafting Gronk whatsoever. I will never draft him. I love the man to death. He can drink a gallon of milk like anybody. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I am not drafting him because he is too broken and he's too prone to injury. Yeah, he's had so, what?
4: He's he just had his what? His third back surgery. Yeah, So three
1: back surgeries, a uh, forearm surgery, ACL. He, yeah, ACL. Yep. Um, shoulder. So, uh, yeah. As much as I love him. I'm not drafting him. Well, no, let's not forget his punctured lung last year, too. Oh, yeah. That. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just throw that in the fire.
4: <laughs> All right. Uh, Greg, who's the uh, tight end you're avoiding?
3: Um, I, I'm going to leave the obvious of, uh, of Jordan Reed kind of out there. Um, if we're playing injured guy, tight end, there's a lot to choose from, and I think Tyler Wright for falls into that group because he represents a relative value play that – Represents the same amount of injury potential with lower upside, so he's still a top ten tight end who's taken with nowhere near the upside of Gronkowski or Reed, and just as much injury potential. So I would sooner, if I'm going to take my risk, if I'm a guy who just like likes to stunt drive tight ends, right, and wants to pick up one of these guys, I'm going to spend it on Gronkowski relative to the other three, the other two.
4: All right, uh, Justin, tight end you're avoiding.
2: This tight end is actually what was mentioned in the last round for two people on who they want to take him. I'm avoiding Martellus Bennett, here's why. Um, there's been no consistency from the Packers in the tight end position. Yes, a couple of years ago, Richard Rodgers was a number one tight end. The issue was, in that year, he was so inconsistent you probably benched him during his good games, and you started him during his crappy games. Aaron Rodgers likes Martellus Bennett is a freak of an athlete, Uh, but I'm once again always looking a little bit later in drafts, looking for someone a little bit more consistent Uh, and so that's why I think Martellus Bennett can be a little bit of a bust where he's currently being drafted, so I'm avoiding him.
4: Alright, and then for me, I've already talked about how I'm avoiding OJ Howard and taking Cameron Brait so I'll kind of leave that one off there. Uh, For me, if I had to pick uh, I probably go with Jack Doyle, and again, it's go it goes back to the Ty Hilton thing with uh, Jack Doyle. His value is tied for the most part to Andrew Luck, and so Andrew. If we still don't have a timeline on Andrew Luck, we don't know what what um, you know Tolzien. I believe is their backup quarterback. We don't know what he's going to be able to produce, if anything, um, for for any of the receiving guys. Um, for the, the Indianapolis Colts So for me it's Jack Doyle So, uh, Alright so that That was our episode on you know Guys we like and guys we well, Pretty much hate we'll just put it that way Um uh, that, uh, that wraps up for this show So uh, we want to make sure you guys uh, Check us out on uh, iTunes Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn and I think that's all of them We'll make sure to get this also posted up to YouTube Um Again, uh, on behalf of Greg, Ian, and Justin, my name is Ryan. And uh, thanks for joining us for the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. And we'll uh, see you guys next time. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.
2: The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive
0: Box. Old moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive
2: Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all
0: states or situations. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.